0: Welcome to another episode of Sensational Customer Experiences. This is the show where we explore the idea that everything your customer knows about you is a direct result of input from their five senses. It's what they see, hear, taste, smell, and touch that determines how much they love you. And now here's your host and consumer experience expert, Wes Miller.
1: A spooky night at Sensational Customer Experiences, the podcast where we explore sensory experiences for your customer. And tonight, you're my customer, and it's a sensory, spooky sensory kind of night. Welcome to the Halloween. Edition of sensational customer experiences, and have we got a show lined up for you tonight? I could not be more excited than to introduce my guest tonight, who is here from the the voiceover radio production world, and he's here to perform for us tonight. And but first, he's going to tell us a little bit about some insight to what we need to know about sound and audio and all the the sensory aspects that go with audio. My guest tonight, Mr. Robert Crandall.
2: Hello, Wes. Thank you so much for being here. Nice of you to have me. I
1: So so Robert does this show called Adventures in Audio, where he narrates Edgar Allan Poe stories, as well as other horror stories in general. And... He's up to 88 episodes. Yes,
2: 88 episodes of my podcast. Right?
1: Yeah, so if if you love horror, you love Edgar Allan Poe, and I know a couple of you out there that I specifically have invited to this episode, do love Edgar Allan Poe, this is the episode for you. I can't wait to get started. Let's start with, you know, Robert, tell me, how did you get started in the whole voiceover, audio technology, audio production world and
2: business okay well i started in radio a long time ago and i mean we can count decades okay and i spent many years in that i've been in and out of it all my life and i had uh an advertising agency for about three and a half years that uh I produced uh, radio commercials for people. I was also uh, on the air, air personality, and uh, pretty high ratings, uh, and did some uh, some different kind of things. That I fortunately had a program director that allowed me to do some creative things. Where most of the time in that business, it's pretty tightly formatted, and uh, you're not allowed to do much. So, So I've been doing this kind of thing uh, with audio uh, most of my life. And I love podcasting for the freedom that it gives me. I love narrating these sh- short stories. I love getting into the story and try to make it something that will captivate the listener. And I was talking with you earlier about a group called Firesign Theater. Maybe some of your listeners from back in the 70s have heard of this group. If not, I highly recommend anybody they're on YouTube to listen to what they do. And we used to listen back in the 70s to their albums. And I, you could not get up from listening to them until it was over. And yeah, it's true, we were high at that time. And, but you are so included in that story, and and their stories go in and out and so forth, it's, they go from one plot to another. It's just amazing. And so every time I do a podcast, I want to deliver it in, in such a way that the listener is connected to it and cannot leave it until it's over and uh, that is my challenge and that is where uh, you know I try to act the characters or if it's uh, if it's just a narrator doing a sh- story you know try to try to uh, make it convincing or genuine So that they stay focused and listen to the entire thing. So I I use, I, I, I go to great lengths to make sure I pronounce a word right. A lot of words I have to look up because I'm doing stories that have words that aren't used anymore in the English language. and. And, you know, and I'm going. How do I pronounce that? What's the best? And so, you know, I'm doing a lot of looking, looking things up, and yeah, uh, and trying to get it right. How's he trying? What's he trying to say in this sentence? And there were there are times I don't understand. Why is they? Why are they saying? What does this mean? So I have to really learn the story. And uh, I try to find other audio versions of a story. I'm think and sometimes I can find it and 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 listen to how they do it, just for kind of help me understand the story. Sometimes I just the story I just don't get this, and I can't read it if I don't get it. And uh, and so I do a lot of a lot of stuff like that. Um, yeah, my editing is takes hours. I lay down a raw track. I have a uh, software that allows me to do which is a feature called punch and roll uh, where you can record and if you make a mistake instead of having to go back and actually edit and cut the mistake out you can go back to where the mistake at the beginning of the mistaken word can punch record. The cursor goes back three seconds because I timed it to go back three seconds, plays back what I just recorded, and then starts to record where the mistake is, and I can do the mistake again. The advantage is that is when it's done, I don't have to go back and do any pickups and takeouts and, and you know, the, and stuff like that. To so, so you're really
1: dedicated to quality
2: yeah absolutely and in, in
1: putting a quality in, and then learning how to utilize technology to support that commitment to quality right uh do you see that in the in the general corporate world today that kind of commitment to quality or
2: um yeah, it's in, in some things i think i do uh, there's a company and I don't know if I should mention any names give them a free commercial but I just bought some in-ear headphones or monitors because I goofed and blew out my headset kind of like you're wearing made a mistake and I turned the master gain up on my mixer all the way and then played something and it blew them out it just they're destroyed
1: (laughs) so what are the new ones you got we'll give them a plug
2: well, it's from a company that's been around for many years called Sure, uh, which is spelled S H. Yes, you I've, already, I've seen them. You've seen them. Yeah, I think anybody in podcasting has seen them. There. Yeah, when I got into radio, it was their microphones were just everywhere. Almost every station had a, a Sure microphone, and I thought at that time that's all they did. Maybe it was at that time, but now they do headphones and. I know I think they make speakers, I'm not sure, but they they have
1: interesting, but uh, a couple of weeks ago we were talking, and you were telling us about the time it takes to produce uh, retail quality audio. yes, tell tell me more about that or tell mm-hmm. our listeners, I was fascinated by some of the numbers that you threw out and some of the the
2: processes that
1: you described about that.
2: right in the audiobook world. The rule of thumb is six to ten hours of production work for one finished hour of quality audio, which is also known as retail ready.
1: And Why does it take so long? That seems like a long time.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to get it down to that. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so, you, so you're personal. not
1: that, that... What? How long does it take you to produce an hour?
2: Uh, oh, gosh. I got six to... I got probably 10 hours in the one I'm in now. But it... Uh, you know, I take a lot of breaks, too. I'm kind of lazy, and I have some... <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, bad so, so that's
1: not just six to eight yeah. hours of
2: work, and it, that's that's some, some fun thrown in there, too. Yeah, well, some for breaks me. breaks or... <laughs> but uh, for, for, for just straight working, and yeah, it it's six to ten hours because you have to take out every little mistake. And that's why this punch and roll saves a lot of time. And, and then what I do is I, I export it from that. But I, I take mine from the Punch and Roll Raw recording, and I put it into a program called Adobe Audition. In here, I have to take out every single little mouth click. Your mouth is tremendously noisy. Most of us can't hear, but when you have pristine uh, earbuds or whatever, it can't be in there. An audio book producer will not allow it. They'll kick it back to you or fire you, or whatever, (laughs) if if that's your work, we're not interested in you. So there's all these little noises, too. My nose makes... I have to drink... I have to take uh, nose drops in my nose and get it all completely... The passages completely as open as I can, and I have bad sinuses, because it makes little... uh, what I call burrs. Uh, It's like a burr, like a burr in a saddle. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a little deep bump and they're they're tough to get out. Real, real tough.
1: So this is really like serious prep, serious commitment to quality and smallest detail. Yes, yes. so as as you listen, are you a fan of? Uh, and I heard you talk about the group from the seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the group again? Fire Sign Theater. So Fire Sign Theater. So you're a fan of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, are you a fan of any other individuals or groups that you think do
2: this quality
1: of of sound and, and narration and?
2: Yes. Uh, and what got me started on this podcast? I was thinking of doing a podcast. And I had some subjects, like baseball was one, because I'm a baseball fan. I had a podcast when podcasting first started on off-roading. I didn't want to do that again. I thought real estate, because at one time I was in real estate. and not anymore. I, You know, what am I going to do? And I was on YouTube one day, I think just listening to a favorite song. And I saw along the right-hand column... Vincent Price and the Telltale Heart. And I said, oh my God, I have to listen to that. Because I love <laughs> Vincent Price, God, is he amazing. And uh, I listened to that, and, and he's amazing. And just, uh, just yeah, he's, you know, he's my... <laughs> so he's
1: kind of your hero. Yeah, uh, yeah he's your, the go-to,
2: how to do it, how, how do you read this? I go see if Vincent Price has done it, and uh, yeah, he's just incredibly, just, in, just amazing, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, you, he does what I'm trying to do, at least for, with me, if I'm listening to him, I can't stop until it's over, until it's completed. I can't stop listening to it because he's, if he were, draws you in, and he's, it's just incredible. And that's what I want to achieve. So that's your goal. Yeah. To, to with every there. episode is to read it in a manner that they can't stop until it's over. How much of that I'm doing, I have no idea. But uh, while I'm doing it that I don't know.
1: Is that something you would be willing to do for us tonight?
2: I could uh read something, yeah. 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 It's 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 a
1: spooky Halloween, spooky
2: Halloween thing, yeah. And uh what,
1: what would you like to share with us? Well
2: uh Speaking of the Telltale Heart, I did that on, I think, episode seven, or maybe six. Jeez, that's a long time ago, because I'm going to be doing number 88. So that was, oh wow, 2015, I think. I've been doing this three years on this podcast. It's amazing. So, what I want to do is a different revised podcast read. The one I have uh, is kind of like what do you call it? uh, Neurotic? Where somebody's like oh I did this, oh my god, oh. You know that's the kind of read I did uh, on that one. I want to do it differently. A more subdued, reflective read and still try to bring some Wretchedness and evil. I don't know if I can do that. We can give it a shot.
1: Well, I would be most honored <laughs> to have you share on, on this show your
2: revised reading okay. of The Tell Tale, Tale Heart. The Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. True. Nervous. Very, very dreadfully nervous I had been and am. But why will you say that I am mad? The disease had sharpened my senses, not destroyed them, not dulled them. Above all was the sense of hearing acute. I heard all the things in heaven and in the earth. I heard many things in hell. How then am I mad, hearken, and observe how healthily, how calmly I can tell you the whole story. It is impossible to say how first the idea entered my brain, but once conceived it haunted me day and night. Object, there was none. Passion, there was none. I loved the old man. He had never wronged me. He had never given me insult. For his gold, I had no desire. I think it was his eyes. His eye. Yes, it was this. One of his eyes resembled that of a vulture. A pale blue eye with a film over it. Whenever it fell upon me, my blood ran cold. And so by degrees, very gradually, I made up my mind to take the life of the old man and thus rid myself of the eye forever.
1: I could just sense your being pulled into the story. What, what has to happen for you to get ...ready to do that.
2: A lot of times, you know, I have a a dim light in my studio. It's an orange-colored light. So it makes the whole studio kind of that color. And uh, when I'm ready, I'm just reading it over. I'm sitting there in that kind of light that kind of relaxes me... ...and helps me focus... But then, when I get ready to record, I turn on the overhead light so that I can see with complete accuracy what I'm doing. And um, and, but I'm in the mood, and
1: so you really take some time beforehand to plan and prepare. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great message for people when you think about the experiences that they want to create for customers. Mm -hmm. Is what what do you do to plan and prepare? I think sometimes people just kind of shoot from the hip and they kind of yeah. hope for the best. Right. But you're describing, you know, preparation and planning and and forethought and getting the light, even the lighting right, just to, mm-hmm. to set your mood and your tone for the for the experience. It's right. Very very insightful.
2: So yeah, that's so that's what I I, uh, I go through on. Each uh, story, and I'm constantly uh, daily. I'm looking for stories. What am I going to do next? And and uh, sometimes ah, this sounds good. I don't know. And I have to read it. So, so sometimes I read a story, and I get no. I don't want to do that one. Just doesn't resonate. No, no. Just doesn't. That's not. That's, I can't do that one. And I have. Uh, Couple of stories like that of Edgar Allan Poe, who of course I admire and is, you know, my my core author, uh, I I guess you would say. And there's a couple of stories he has. I, I just one of them I just can't do. It's it's too boring in the beginning of it, the end of it, the beginning of it's like a love story, and the end of it's like a tragedy, and that you can bring it, but. I don't know if people will wait through the lengthy beginning or if they'll just get bored and, and turned on. So, what is your favorite Edgar Allan Poe story? Well, The Telltale Heart, of course. Uh, the Black Cat. Very tragic story about alcoholism. Guy murders his wife and his cat. And, uh, I mean, he puts an axe through her head. So it gets a little gruesome. It's all because of drinking. Uh, there's uh, the Pit and Pendulum, uh, the uh, premature burial, the Mask of the Red Death. Uh, geez, all of these. And which one's my favorite? I probably don't know. I, unless it would be the. It's hard. It's hard to pick
1: just one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely impossible. those things. I, I know you do
1: some other horror stories. Do you have another author that you,
2: uh, like, take second place? Well, H.P. Lovecraft, who uh, kind of took Edgar Allan Poe's uh, place, you know, in, in the uh, 19th century. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, uh, but he, he got off in a little, little more paranormal than Poe did. It does some very strange things. And the episode I'm working on and going to publish tonight is an episode uh, by H.P. Lovecraft.
1: Uh, Jenny the Greek has just joined us.
0: Hello, everyone. Hello.
1: Yeah, Happy Halloween.
0: Happy Halloween, everyone. It's my favorite holiday. What's everyone going to be for Halloween?
1: Um, you're
0: you're,
1: <laughs> you're you're enough costume for everybody. So.
0: I have a question for Bob. Okay, may I? Yeah, okay. Well, I just want to say I love um, how much you respect linguistics and how much of a perfectionist you are in terms of making sure that you do. Enunciate correctly and pronounce the words correctly, and then also to get the spirit of the story correct, so that you can deliver it with the right vocal variety and the and the right pitch and the right enthusiasm. So I just wanted to compliment you on Thank that, you. and I do enjoy your podcast very much. I need to listen to more episodes, but here's my question: It's actually more of a professional question. Do or have you ever experienced an audio? Uh, a negative Mm -hmm. audio sensory experience that you've had
2: sure in fact what you described happened today went into a restaurant and uh, uh i i was just curious about their their food as i walked in i knew that this might not be so good because the music was loud and uh, you got in, and uh, uh, as they're ordering, the music wasn't quite as loud inside as it was out. But I ordered, and I, I ate. I didn't take it to go because it was quite a ways from from home. So I, I ate it there, and the music was just awful. And I, it was, the food was good, but the experience was dreadful.
0: Yeah. So that being said, um, do you have any advice for business owners to make sure the sound in their store or their the sound in their restaurant is' a, is at a welcoming volume in terms of keeping comfortable sound levels in their facility?
2: Well, they should be aware of uh, fan noise, air conditioning uh, noises, noises of uh, cash register or wherever the transaction is or yeah yeah I think it's important. you know you bring up you bring up something that there's a bar in Las Vegas here. It's very well known and uh they have pretty good food I like their brats. I go in there and I remember the last time I was in there and the sound is like busy and there's a lot of people. It's not overly you know it's, it's not overwhelming. It just sounds real busy. Like there's all kinds of people everywhere, and I look around, but there's not that many people here. And I wondered, are they generating that sound? Because that sound may motivate a person to stay longer. If you know, I guess, uh, but I'd say a bar person maybe. Uh, you know, I just I don't go to bars much. Uh, do some karaoke once in a while, but or to or to eat and then go. But I wonder if there's a strategy there because it's not overpowering, like I said, but it just didn't fit. There wasn't enough people in that bar to be making that much noise and i I, I should say sound because noise sounds negative because it wasn't negative. I didn't feel uncomfortable. I sat and ate, but I just don't think. There was that many people in there and I've wondered about that ever since so yeah there's a lot to for a business to think about sound can make a person feel very welcome and want to stay longer or it can drive them out and you'll never see them again I want
1: to uh point out that that uh, Jenny has a show why don't you tell uh, everyone about your show
0: Well, everyone, my show is called Beer Talk Radio, and it is a podcast about craft beer and all things related to craft beer, and particularly the lives of those who work in the hospitality industry, the nightlife industry, the culinary industry, or any other um, sales or brewing that there could possibly be out there. I do interviews with chefs. I do interviews with bartenders, home brewers, sales representatives, uh, master brewers. So, if you guys are interested in the show, my website is www.beertalkradio.net, and I am also available for voiceover work. Also available for editing work, uh, particularly podcasts. So this has wow. been this has been quite the Halloween party here tonight.
1: <laughs> you know, part of the what we do. And uh, every episode is I always ask a fun sensory question and since it's Halloween I have to ask this question I'm going to ask both of you this question Ooh. so I want both of you to like chime in on and that is what was your favorite Halloween costume the that doctor. you wore that you wore that you <laughs> went to a party in
2: <clears throat> the doctor
1: you went as a doctor? Yes.
2: I went every year this club I was in, I every year as a, as a doctor, and they called me Dr. Bob. And that's what okay. everybody called me. Yeah. Okay. I had the white uh, smock and a uh, oh, little, uh, like, hypodermic needle. I stick people in the arm, and then you drop back, and the red thing comes up like you're taking blood out of them and stuff. and I had a mask, too, but it was too hot, and I couldn't breathe. <laughs> Most of the time I didn't wear it, but uh, so, it was fun. So, Dr. Bob. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and how about you, Jane?
0: Well, I have to let you guys know, Halloween is a holiday I take extremely seriously, and not only do I have one costume idea every year, I generally have two. I like to have a G-rated costume and an NC-17 rated costume. Wes, you're looking at me like you don't know what NC-17 oh, is. I, I do. I'm just hoping she doesn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, you know what? I've I've had so many costumes. The joy of Halloween for me is making my own costume. And what? another couple of hidden talents that I have, I, I can actually drape and I can sew. I did work at the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising many years ago. And and I am a really 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 great makeup artist and body painter as well as face painter. So um, making up my costumes every year is the joy of Halloween for me. I'm I'm kind of the same way about Christmas. I like to make presents for people to give away. Um, but I've been everything from a sexy stormtrooper to Nicki Minaj to the, in, the the Indian girl from Hell on Wheels. Last year, I was uh, Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. This year, I'm going to do uh, I'm going to be Ronda Rousey as well as Cardi B. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as we wind
1: up, Bob, can I talk you into another short reading to end the show?
2: Well, I could do uh, a little bit more of that telltale art where we left off. All righty. That, that would be okay. fantastic. Okay. And I'm going to just
1: let you read until you're finished I'm gonna I'm <clears throat> gonna be done and, and to everyone out there enjoy your Halloween Bob take it away
2: Now this is the point you fancy me mad. mad. men know nothing but you should have seen me. You should have seen how wisely I proceeded with what caution with what foresight with what dissimulation, I went to work. I was never kinder to the old man than during the whole week before I killed him. And every night about midnight, I turned the latch of his door and opened it. Oh, so gently. And then, when I made an opening sufficient for my head, I put in a dark lantern, all closed, closed, so that no light shone out. And then I thrust in my head. Oh, you would have laughed to see how cunningly I thrust it in. I moved it slowly, very, very slowly, so that I might not disturb the old man's sleep. It took me an hour to place my whole head within the opening so far that I could see him as he lay upon his bed. Ah, would a madman have been so wise as this? And then, when my head was well in the room, I undid the lantern cautiously. Oh, so cautiously, for the hinges creaked, and I undid it. Just so much that a single thin ray fell upon the vulture eye.
0: For free tips, resources, and information, visit SensationalCustomerExperiences.com, your premier experience brand brought to you by Training for Results, located in the sensory capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada. Until next time, remember, if you can sense it, your customers can too.